Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ahí va Vini, pierna derecha Vini, toma carrera Maga Vini, chuta Vini, gol. Y gol, 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 gol. Hat-trick de Vinicius. Y gol, 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 gol. Mucha madurez Vinicius. Del Madrid, para Viña incluida. Hat-trick de Vini. Hello everyone, welcome to La Liga Lowdown. It's our... Well, it's, it's a La Liga match day too, but it's also the Supercopa de España 2024. And we've just finished watching the final in which Real Madrid comprehensively beat Barca by four goals to one. So I'm joined by a, a very despondent looking Roman Darque. Uh, Roman, let's hope we can cheer you up a little bit by the end of the pod. But uh, how are you doing? Well, you can imagine. Um, obviously disappointed. Um, wasn't the result. I was expecting, I knew we weren't favourites for this one, but I also thought that Barca could maybe put up a fight and we'd see an entertaining game both ways, but it was very, very one-sided, you know. Nine minutes into the game, 2-0 down. It felt impossible given the, the season we've gone through so far, you know, and we still had hope after that Lewandowski goal and things could have changed, but, you know, um, I have to say that I also didn't feel too nervous for this game. I didn't have the excitement that you usually have. It kind of felt like a different classical for me. And in a way it was, I guess. Mm. Well, we'll talk plenty about uh, all of these things. And of course, mention Real Madrid and how impressive they were, especially Vinicius Jr. Um, but we'll start with the Barca side. Um, yeah, a very heavy defeat, conceding four in a Classico uh, for consecutive seasons. Um, and no other coach in charge of Barca has, has faced Madrid and conceded four in at least two two occasions since Frank Rijkaard. Uh, so it's been a while since Madrid have had that kind of dominance in Clasicos and they've won nine of the last 13. Uh, Roman, in general, Barca have been not really convincing of late. Uh, against Osasuna, they did get the two-goal victory, which they'd been struggling to find for so long. But in this game, as you say, it was almost over before it began. Yeah, I mean... Barca played with a really high line um, to obviously press Madrid, but we've seen all throughout the season that Barca's pressing has been very poor. So, I mean, mm. playing against a team that really um, stands out through counterattacks and quick players, I thought it was a terrible idea. And then you had the fact that for some reason, as we saw in one of the goals where Benitez went past Iñaki Peña, the goalkeeper was way back in his area. I mean, if you're going to play with a high line, you need the goalkeeper to be 
um, outside his box or, or somewhere around there, you know, to kind of be able to help out if there is um, a, a, an attacker attacking the defender's back and, and that situation didn't make any sense to me. I mean, Xavi said after the game that they'd been working on, uh, you know, um, attacking with a high line, defending with a high line, etc. So if you've been working with that, how does this actually happen, you know? And, well, from there on, the, the goals kind of just kept on coming. I said before, we had hope with the 2-1, but they quickly got the 3-1. And you could also see that defensively, Barca were just completely lost, in my opinion. Um, when the third goal came from the penalty, um, you could see Sergio Roberto and Valde both undecided. They weren't sure who they had to defend between Carvajal, uh, Rodrigo, etc. And they were like, under, you know, they weren't capable of making up their minds and it kind of felt like nobody knew exactly what their task was defensively. And of course, they crossed it comfortably and the third came. So overall, a lot of work to do because especially defensively, the team looks pretty, pretty bad. Well, overall, the team looks pretty bad. Mm. Yeah, lots of areas of concern. And, and as you say, particularly in defence today, uh, some were saying that they've never seen the likes of Kunde and Araujo have such a bad performance. Uh, would you agree there? I mean, Araujo wasn't as bad, I'd say. I think he he did what he had to do there uh, in in that fullback position. But Kunde definitely doesn't do doesn't do really well in, in that centre-back position. Honestly, I would have flipped things around, seeing that they were 2-0 after such a short time, or, or even 3-1, whatever. Um, in the second half, I would have put Araujo as a centre-back and probably put Kunde as a full-back. Maybe it would, be, it, would, it would have been too late, but still, Kunde has been performing quite well, I think, in, in that position, and Araujo is more reliable. He's got more pace, he's capable of tracking back quicker, and I kind of feel like um, he could have helped. Uh, maybe, who knows, if he would have caught up with Vinicius in that goal, and he scored a pass in Peña. So, honestly, it is disappointing to see that both players in the end aren't aren't performing to the expected level. Araujo has been kind of criticised lately for not being uh, at his best. And I mean, I always say this: that it's true that individually the players maybe aren't doing great. But for me, this comes down to the team as a whole. Uh, when one, two, three, four players, five players aren't performing to the expected level, I don't think it's down to them it's more down to how the team is playing and there's something there that isn't just fully working you know mm. let's talk about Xavi then because he's been questioned a lot this season uh, talking about tactics before the game we talked a lot about Corifian ideals and bringing Barca back to to what they represent um, this is not really what he had in mind is it but uh, I think the press are going to go pretty hard for him I've seen quite a lot of fans online starting to turn do you think he's um in a difficult situation now? Well, he has been for a while. This only makes it worse for him. Um, honestly, I still think he's going to probably finish the season as the manager. I don't see him definitely not going to be fired after this game, uh, even though it's obviously taking a lot of credit away from him. Um, who knows what could happen if suddenly they do really poorly against Napoli, uh, if in La Liga things go really badly. Well, maybe, yeah, they'll have to you know, say enough and get rid of Xavi. But unless something dramatic happens, I think at least he'll probably end the season because also, who else are you going to bring in, you know? And definitely, Xavi, I'm sure in his mind, he, he wanted to do other stuff. Well, we saw his team back in Qatar, how he played, you know, from the back with the goalkeeper passing. It was an incredible football. And he never really managed to replicate this at Barca in any way. Uh, in fact, I've seen a more... Um, 
less possession-based Barca, I'd say, I'd say with with Xavi, where he likes to go for long balls, which I think is is a resource and something you can use in certain moments in games. But I think they've kind of abused this, and there's a lack of creativity in the middle. The players, you know, I, I think one-touch passing for a, a midfield like Barca with Frankie, Pedri, Gundogan should be basic, but they tend to have the ball, wait, look around, and by the time they, they've made up their mind, um, another player, you know, has already covered them, and it's really difficult. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that, for me, um, Xavi hasn't managed to implement into this team, and unfortunately, we have seen, I have to say, give him some credit, we have seen some good games along these years with him, and he has played, uh, the team has played really well at some moments, but it, it's just been, you know, specific moments in time maybe two or three games in a row now and then here and there and then you just see the usual dull Barca that tend to struggle and this season it's been even worse you know having to win games at the very end winning by one goal it's all been quite a struggle I think yeah it certainly has and this will only increase the pressure on him as you say muy tocada uh, <laughs> let's talk about Real Madrid then the, the victorious team 4-1 Vinicius for the first half hat-trick um as we say, in Xavi's first few Clásicos, Vinicius was pretty stifled. Araujo did a great job on him at right back. But uh, in this game, he was absolutely the main threat. And Madrid looked pretty dangerous every time they came forward. Rodrigo rounded off the, the 4-1 to make it a, a pretty comprehensive one. And to be honest, at that point, you were thinking about number five and <laughs> Manita, uh, which hasn't happened for a while on the Real Madrid side. But uh, they didn't quite reach that, but they did win the, win the game win the Supercoppa, their 13th, just one behind Barca's 14th, and also another title for Carlo Ancelotti, who equals Zidane on 11. Um, how good were they, Roman? Was it Madrid being really good, or Barca making mistakes at the back? Well, um, I mean, for me this season, Madrid haven't been incredible. I haven't seen a, a superb version of Real Madrid that seems extremely dominant. Of course, in the end, they get their wins and and in this match, they were dominant. We can't deny that. But I mean, I kind of feel like this Madrid has a higher roof. You know, I think they can perform even better. They have the quality. They have the players. And despite that, they don't need to get to that roof, you know, to, to win the games, mm-hmm. to win important games, to get titles. We've seen it in the past. It's a team that, you know, always believes in itself, always has the confidence, and it has the quality because obviously they always sign some of the best players in the world. And here... Um, they've really made it made good decision by signing Bellingham. I think he's a phenomenal player, not just offensively, but the defensive work this guy puts in every game is, is really astounding. You know, he's running and helping in any way he can. He really sacrifices himself for the team. I think he's a big difference maker. I'm quite curious to see Real Madrid without Bellingham on the pitch, how that could make a difference. And also the pass he gives to Vinicius. Mm. Uh, that was exquisite, you know. That was game-changer even, I'd say, you know, because it was also... Uh, important goal for them to start off quickly winning, you know, and um, I do think that they were the better side, as, as I said before. Barca weren't great, uh, but I kind of feel, feel like the lack of defensive solidity kind of just took away any on any chances we had. It's true that in attack we did generate some, even though we weren't great either in that aspect, but um, I think Madrid deserves the credit, even though for me, they aren't an extraordinary side, I have to say, mm. because I've seen not just this game, other games in La Liga where they tend to struggle in the end. They get the job done because they have the quality and they have that mentality that maybe other clubs don't have. Yeah. So they only lost one game all season, which was, of course, the away game in the Metropolitano in the derby. Mm. 
They've already beaten Atleti since then in the uh, Supercopa, of course, in the semi-final, put five past them. Four past Barca today. They're favourites for the league. Um, 100% in the Champions League so far with a relatively favourable last 16 draw. Still in the Copa. There's every chance they could go really far in, in all four competitions. Obviously, they've won this one, but they could go all the way in in all of them, couldn't they? Oh, it can definitely happen. I mean, it's Real Madrid, you know. That's what they fight for every season, to try and win all the trophies. And at the moment, they're on the right path. Uh, they're getting the results. But I don't know, it just feels like certain games in La Liga, it's true that they have only lost uh, one game, but they have got quite a few draws. That win against Alaves, you know, 1-0 against Real Mallorca, 1-0. It kind of feels like sometimes... Um, they're running low on fuel, but they just have enough, you know, to get to pass the the finish line, you know. And it feels like at some point, maybe if they face a stronger team, they might struggle a bit more. Or maybe they'll show their, their better version and they'll absolutely destroy them. We'll never know. But it kind of feels like Madrid aren't performing at that peak. So that's why I have my doubts that they could win all those titles. They might shut me up easily. That could perfectly happen and they'll win everything. Uh, but it's true that they're... Their objective is to win everything. So, I mean, they're definitely going to go for it and there's a chance that that happens for sure. Well, perhaps we'll ask Paco in the next one because he was 99% sure that uh, Barca didn't have a chance in the Supercopa and, and he was proven right on this count. Uh, so, yeah, congratulations to Real Madrid. Madridistas out there listening, congratulations to you. Uh, a Supercopa victory, Super Campeon. Uh, and after the break, we'll talk about the La Liga games which took place this weekend featuring some, uh, some fascinating clashes, including the Basque derby, some big hitters losing again, and uh, a bit of a stumble at the top. Stay with us. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burroughs Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. burrowcom slash ACAST. Bacalao, 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 bacalao
Welcome back to La Liga Lowdown. We've done the Supercopa de España. Now let's turn our attention back to La Liga. There were seven fixtures this weekend. Match day 20 kicked off and uh, it was headlined by the Basque derby, of course, which Athletic took two goals to one. Alex Berenguer, who probably wouldn't even have been playing had Iñaki Williams not been at AFCON with Ghana. So he gets, uh, gets the nod instead of him, of course, and uh, makes it really count because he scored a first-half brace to put Athletic in command. Rasofid had tried and tried in the second half, eventually got one back through Mikel Oyatabal, but overall it was a much-deserved win for Los Leones and uh, Ernesto Valverde, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it was actually a good chance for Real Sociedad to kind of cut back on those points that Athletic have in front of them, but they didn't make the most of that opportunity. And Athletic Club, you know, um, they played a great game at home and in front of the home fans and, and the pace these guys have in attack, the capacity to, you know, counter quickly, the damage Nico Williams can do uh, down that wing. I mean, in the end, they that really favoured them. And uh, Real Sociedad, you know, now they had a really... They struggled, let's say, at the start of the season. They had now, lately, they'd been playing, I'd say, really good football. Then again, they were struggling in the last month or so. Uh, with quite a, a lot of draws in La Liga, etc. It kind of feels like maybe that they, the squad is a bit short, I guess, and they're running out of energy playing in so many competitions. And of course, you know, uh, Champions League is a very tiring one. It's a very tough one mentally, physically, in, in all the aspects. And so maybe that's where now they're feeling a bit uh, a deeper squad, basically, I'd say. But still, I mean, it's a long way to go. Anything can happen. Um, they're still in the fight for Europe. They're still in the fight, well, for Europe through La Liga. Uh, they're also obviously still in the fight in Europe in the Champions League, although it will be tougher there, but we'll see how it pans out. Mm. As for Athletic, though, they are absolutely flying this season. 12 wins out of 20, 41 points, level with Barca. Okay, they've played a game more, but level with Barca, three clear of Atletico and nine clear of their Basque rivals, Real Sociedad. It's looking pretty likely that they're on for a top five finish. Whether fifth place will be enough for a Champions League spot, we don't know at this stage, of course, with the coefficients in UEFA. It may well be enough, but uh, it certainly looked good for a top five finish. And um, yeah, it's going to be a bit of a dogfight for that fourth Champions League spot, it looks like. It is, and always more exciting, you know, the more play the teams you have there uh, trying to chase those spots will make it more entertaining for us. And uh, we, we always tend to say that Athletic have usually a great start to the season, but then they kind of begin to lose a bit and flail. But this time it seems like Valverde has found the, uh, the formula to get his players to stay hyper-focused, you know, and still perform. And if they keep this up, definitely uh, they're going to be a threat for those European positions. And, well, I mean, who knows what can happen in La Liga. <laughs> mm, indeed. Always fascinating. Well, from the brilliant to the pretty abject, and the match they started off on Friday night at the Ramos Sanchez one, Sevilla taking on Alaves in what can only be described as a relegation clash, and they found themselves two 0 down at half time. They did show a bit of fight to come back to two two, uh, with the Campos doing a no look penalty, which took a lot of bottle uh, to make it two two. But then they conceded in the ninetieth to uh, Ruben Duarte, and lost at home. They the, the, their season is just, it goes from, uh, you think it couldn't get much worse, and then it does. I mean, the, their form is atrocious. Their home form is, is non-existent. Just three wins in 20 in La Liga. 
and now they are only one point above the drop. I mean, I know we've mentioned Mendelibar, we've mentioned the change and the, the problems with the recruitment. But Roman, what's what's your latest thoughts on on Sevilla and the absolute shambles that their season is? Well, it's just kind of like a sinking ship, you know. It doesn't have a captain. Nobody knows where they're going, what they're doing. Uh, it's it's absolute chaos. I think I th- also feel like the fans are absolutely disconnected from the people in charge of the club. There's no unity anywhere. It's all absolutely crazy because if you look at the squad, I mean, as we always say, it doesn't make any sense, you know. I mean, the team isn't a team that should be fighting to avoid relegation. And against uh, Alaves, they, they started off pretty well. I think they had the better chances. They hit the post. I mean, they could have gone one or two nil up. Uh, and out of nowhere, Alaves are the ones who are two nil up. Yeah. And then it's true that they match that comeback and they, you know, waste it and they end up losing three crucial points here. Uh, Kiki has a very tough job, honestly. Uh, he's going to do whatever he can, but honestly, it's it's hard to say who or what can kind of solve this. You know, I think they just need the season to end as soon as possible, hopefully for them in the top tier. And then from there on again, this summer, work a lot harder, a lot better, and try and correct the situation because it's been going on for too long, I think, for a team like Sevilla, who we're used to seeing winning Europa Leagues, basically. Mm, it really is hard to, to think they were Europa League champions just last last May, June. Um, <laughs> a dramatic fall. And of course, that, that in itself was a bit of a save on, on last season's mess. But it's it's really hard to see that kind of that kind of salvation happening this season because they've already, they're already on coach three and yeah things are not really changing so far. Um, let's see how they get on next. Next for them it's the Kike Derby in the at Getafe in the Copa del Rey and then they go to Montelivi. So pff, it's it's pretty rough for Sevilla. Um, their next home game is against Osasuna at the end of January. That that's almost a must win. Um, otherwise, they could well be in the drop zone by that point. Uh, but yeah, shout out to Alaves after they struggled conceding late goals themselves in recent weeks. Of course, they, they conceded late to Real Madrid to lose that game, conceded late against uh, Real Sociedad to draw that game. They've now had back-to-back wins, uh, knocking Betis out of the copper, of course, and then winning this one late in extra time. So they've enjoyed their trips to the city of Seville of late, uh, or at least playing teams from Seville. And it's their first away win of the season for Alaves, so shout out to them. Uh, another team that we talk about a lot this season, and speaking of sinking ships, Villarreal, they are probably the leakiest, um, at least it seems that way. Only Almeria have conceded more than Villarreal. 41 conceded in 20 matches, that's more than two per game. Um, again, they're on coach three, Marcelino has come back, he's got uh, the mammoth mother of all jobs on his hands, hasn't he? Yeah, and probably a lot tougher than he thought when he arrived, mm. I'd say, because, I mean, the squad, again, it's not a bad team, you know. It shouldn't be fighting for relegate, for, to avoid relegation either, and there they are, you know. And I think, I feel like there's quite a few players that, there that are just maybe have lost motivation and don't believe in the project, maybe, I don't know what it is. I'm sure Martinino's really looking forward to the summer coming, hopefully also remaining in the top tier to be able to, you know, clean up there and kind of bring in the kind of players he wants um, and try and change things a bit. I don't know if they'll make any further signings in the current transfer window, but I'm guessing that they won't spend too much money because they already did last summer. So 
Um, very tough job. I mean, I didn't expect Villarreal to be struggling so much. I thought they w there would be a re reaction with uh, Marcelino for Villarreal, but it hasn't been the case, really, except for certain games where maybe they didn't look too bad, but mostly they, they've gone from, I'd say, bad to worse. Um, so at the moment... Uh, it's looking really grim and I don't know Marcelino has to come up with some sort of miracle yeah four defeats in five in the league and of course they're out of the Copa del Rey having lost uh, on penalties to Unionistas de Salamanca um, again next up for them is Mallorca at home then they go to Montjuic to face Barca before crucial games against Cadiz and Alaves so they, they all look pretty crucial well three of those four certainly against teams in the bottom half of the table Villarreal, 19 points. They are they are 15th. They have a little bit of breathing space at the moment, but um, yeah, they don't want to rest on those laurels for too long. Hmm. But let's let's salute Las Palmas because García Pimienta, former Barca B coach, of course, is doing a magnificent job there. They've won eight out of their 20 games. They're currently sitting ninth in the table with 28 points. Um, definitely not going to be in any kind of relegation trouble, and they potentially might have a little shout finishing in the European positions what a job he's doing and, and what a win this was 3-0 superb job I mean um, Las Palmas play beautiful football um, if you look at the squad honestly you'd expect them to be kind of be struggling I always say that for me in attack uh, they do lack a bit you know because with all due respect Munir, Sandro uh, we see that we've seen them in other clubs and they've never really found uh, their place maybe at some stints they've had some good stints but in general they haven't been like a, too, too much of a reliable uh, players for for teams especially a team doing so well you know and um, Garcia Pimienta let's not forget was of course uh, in charge of Barca B not so long ago and I remember there were a lot of people asking for him to be uh, the new manager in, uh, before Xavi came in you know so what could have happened you know <laughs> if he would have come on to Barca uh, where would we be currently? I mean, it's it's kind of interesting if you think about it because at the moment, seeing how well he's doing Las Palmas, who knows if they'll have to go back and fish him and, and bring him uh, to Barca next season or something like that. You never know because in the end, he does uh, put the style, play the style or at least close to the style that Barca want to play and uh, he's doing with players which are far worse, we could say, with all due respect compared to the Barcelona ones and they're playing really well. So, I mean... We'll see what happens there. <laughs> mm, sliding doors moment. Well, the last time they wanted someone who did well at Las Palmas, he, he then went to Betis, then beat Barca, <laughs> then went to Barca, and then lost 8-2 to Bayern. So we'll, we'll maybe see if that's a, a but president. But it was also like. complicated times. Uh, yes, yes, yes. It was tough. And look, since he left Villarreal, look what's happened. From bad well, to worse. <laughs> well, maybe that's an argument to have with the Villarreal fans. But yeah, we know you're... <laughs> Kike Setien's number one fan, Roman. Um, not number one, but I respect <laughs> what he's done. Indeed, indeed. We digress. Um, a fabulous victory for Las Palmas, moving them up the table. Another team who is doing pretty well in the choir is Valencia, and they had a, a thumping 4-1 win at Cadiz uh, on Sunday. They took the lead early through Hugo Duro, <clears throat> were pegged back by Ruben Alcaraz, penalty, but then took the lead in the second half and then rounded it off in added time with two goals late on, including a first in the league for Jesus Vasquez, another youngster coming through the uh, the academy there. Uh, some some real green shoots for Valencia under Pipo Baraja, and they, they too look like a team that isn't going to struggle this season in terms of relegation. They are also just outside the European spots. Yeah, I always say for me, this is one of the 
surprise teams, I'd say, this season. Valencia, honestly, um, they have been struggling for so many years now. Uh, always problems with Peter Lim, with managers, with players, with whoever is involved in that club. And somehow Pipo Baraja um, has trusted the youngsters, you know, has trusted his team and he's really uh, putting them on the map again, you know, and they're up there at the top half of the standings, getting good results, uh, doing what they have to do. And I mean, if they can grow on from this, uh, who knows if we'll recover a greater version of Valencia in the near future, you know. So at the moment, for me, it's... Uh, really, I give a lot of credit to Barajas because uh, in between all that turmoil that's going on in the club, he's kind of managed to calm the waters a bit, you know, and, and steady the ship. And now uh, they're looking so much better than they were before. Mm. Yeah, great for Valencia fans to have a little bit of positivity finally yeah. at last. Um, on the flip side, Cadiz, I remember we spoke about these a couple of weeks ago. We were saying that they don't lose too many, but they draw too much. They can't win games. Uh, well, they did lose this one pretty heavily at the Mirandia. Um, and, yeah, only two victories all season. They're now firmly in the bottom three. Haven't won a game since the 1st of September, which is a long time ago. Um, and in the stands, there were calls for Sergio to be sacked and also calls for President Vizcaino to resign. Um, reports coming out this evening suggest that he'll be given... One more bullet, if you like, one more match ball uh, in next week's fixture at Alaves, which is obviously a huge match for both teams, but predominantly for Cadiz and, of course, Sergio. If if they were to lose that, it's it's very likely that Cadiz will make a change in some form. So, yeah, what, what are your thoughts on Cadiz, Roman there? They're a team that uh, we love to watch, passionate fans, but they really are struggling this season. Yeah, I mean, I, I respect... The fact that they've uh, stuck to their manager so long, you know, and they've given him the chance, and I think it's always important. But, I mean, he's already been on for a while, and I kind of feel like they're not going to get any more out of Sergio at this point, you know. In the end, they've only managed two wins in 20 games. I mean, that's very, very poor. And they've scored fewer goals than Almeria, for example, which also isn't a great look. So, I mean, given how the team is not really finding any sort of reaction it's true that maybe in some games they look a bit more solid at the back and they're hard to score against but uh, in attack they never really come up with too many uh, good results and it just feels like following this path they're gonna be condemned to go down so for me uh, I tend to support you know uh, sticking to your manager but at this stage I think they actually do need somebody else to come in and try and stir things up and see if they can uh, change the mood there mm. Yeah, tough times down in Cadiz. In actual fact, it's four Andalusian teams who are propping up the table because, as we say, Sevilla just outside. Yeah, it's actually very well spotted. And then Cadiz, Granada and Almeria. Granada lost at Betis quite narrowly, but they did lose. It was a really nice goal from Isco, who continues to absolutely light up the Benito Villamarín. An important win for Betis after, of course, their recent form and being knocked out of the Copa. So a nice, nice Back to winning ways for them. Bit of a confidence booster. Uh, yeah, another defeat for Granada. And Almeria stay bottom, but they achieved a pretty uh, impressive result this week because not only did they get a point against Girona, they stopped them scoring, Roman. Um, never thought we'd see that result. 0-0 between Almeria and Girona. And in actual fact, Almeria were possibly the better side of the game, weren't they? Yeah, in fact, Mitchell after the game said he was super disappointed with his team so they, they didn't play well at all and he, he said that Almeria 
uh, deserve more than they did, honestly. And I kind of felt like this this could happen, you know. It's the typical game where the players are just, you know, too confident. I mean, yeah, I haven't won a single game. They're easy. They're at the bottom. We're playing really well. And I'm sure, I'm so sure that Mitchell was trying to, you know, not let them fall into the mistake of believing that this was a guaranteed three points. And he was probably insisting on all these kind of things. But he somehow didn't manage to get the players to understand that. And, you know, uh, in the end, Almeria have been kind of solid at home. And in this case, they even were better in attack too. And they could have easily uh, taken the win, kept the win at home. So uh, it's a long league anyway. You expect Girona to drop points here or there. It can happen. It's football. And, you know, nobody expected Girona to be at the top mm. at this stage of the league when before it started, you know. So uh, everything that comes from here on is something great for them and they have to just enjoy the journey basically because yeah. they're gonna end up high up in the standings and uh no matter what they've done a phenomenal job mm. as you say three nil nil draws in a row for Almeria, which is uh, only one off a league record so we'll see if they can draw nil nil in their next game at the power <laughs> horse as for Girona, they are top of the table one point clear of real madrid but as paulo gazzaniga said post-match well madrid hasn't played yet so you know <laughs> they kind of accept that <laughs> uh, Real Madrid will probably end up uh, being top on their own and uh, potentially extending that advantage as we go through the weeks. But as you say, a remarkable season for Girona and uh, it definitely looks like they will be playing Champions League football next season. That's certainly got to be their their baseline aim from here. Uh, Final game we haven't yet discussed and that was Mallorca against Delta. Uh, An early goal from Iago Aspas was cancelled out by uh, Kyle Larin's equaliser leaving both teams kind of where they were. Mallorca 14th with 19 points and Delta on 17, but they do, of course, move clear of Sevilla and uh, two clear now of the relegation zone. So a little bit of uh, breathing space for Rafa, but not much. Um, fixtures for next week. We'll have a midweek pod, of course, with uh, more Copa del Rey games to come. But as we say, that crucial game for uh, Cadiz on the Friday night football, Alaves against Cadiz. And the next weekend, we've got some... Uh, Intriguing looking games, including Valencia Athletic and uh, Betis Barca, followed by Girona Sevilla. So plenty to look forward to next week. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Roman, I'm sorry about the result for you tonight, but uh, Real Madrid are super campeon. And um, that's where we'll have to leave it here for today. But thank you for listening. We'd love it if you would subscribe and upgrade on our Substack, where you can have access to all of our content um, for just a fiver a month. So we think it's good value. And uh, we hope that you will join us over there. But from all of us here, thank you for listening and adios. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.